All right, everybody. We're back from uh, uh, Dan and Abram versus Life. And we're uh, basically just talking about uh, Abram having random uh, erections now. Yeah. And we also were talking about uh, dream analysis. And that's more of the subconscious, you know, and like, um, and, you know, like we're, well, we talk about physiology and like in this show. And like, I've actually been putting some of the ideas and concepts into practice in my life. And so we were talking about, different uh things you can take in order to be able to you know adjust you know like your physical composition i was saying well you know i feel like a werewolf that wants to fight and fuck everything on the job site and dan's like well you're drinking too much coffee i'm like probably he's like try some l-arginine i'm like okay it opens it, it you know like up the it opens up your your it lets the blood flow through your fucking body a little bit uh, opens up your veins so um it did that and uh it does it on a regular basis and so now like, I'll be, like, walking, you know, like, in, uh, you know, nice, pleasant, you know, sunset walk with my son at the beach or something like that. I got him in a stroller. And all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, God, oh, please don't get a fucking heart on right now. Please, for the love of fucking God, why would you do this? What are you doing, buddy? Please. Didn't that ever happen to you in high school? Um, it, it feels like I'm in high school again where, like, I mean, I'll just get fucking just – it's just – you're like, okay, just – just having just random hard on boners. I dude. used to have to just to be honest, and this shows how like silly men are with testosterone and everything. When I was a kid, yeah. like these girls would come to school in dresses, and yeah. dude, it would get so bad that like just just off of I would just look, and all of a sudden, and I always wore track pants, like Adidas track pants and stuff. All that I did not dress up to go to school, so I'd have to waistband it because if I'd stood up, like everyone would see it, and that is highly inappropriate in high school. Yeah. So I, so guys, I think a lot of guys learn the waistbanding technique. And as we get older, you know, obviously your testosterone starts to lower, life starts to distract you. But yeah, sometimes when you add nitric oxide or, or L-arginine, deaspartic acid, even that's like a pre-test booster, it starts to come back. And you're like, oh man, I remember when this used to happen. And really what it's there is, like you said, it's there to just have better blood flow. Yeah. It's not necessarily a tool, but they use it as an ingredient for uh like viagra and stuff because it does do that yeah a, now there's things that trigger also you know the neurological reaction but also the, the blood flow assist too but uh guys who work out exercise athletes they take l-arginine just to have better muscle endurance better you know yeah. but it does that if you're not yeah it, it can i'm gonna i'm gonna start taking it like but. you know like not just straight in the morning no, no matter what i'm gonna i think i'm gonna start taking it more like in, in, in uh, like with workouts yeah. Like maybe like an hour before a workout or something like that. Maybe I'll start taking I'll, I'll have one of like, you know, like a 500 milligram, you know, like, uh, what about at work? Does it happen to you at work? Um, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, I was gonna say, you got like you, you work very labor intensive jobs. So I would figure like you taking it before you go to work, you would be working, like you would be exercising so much. It wouldn't do that. But yeah. I could see you taking it and then going to like a meeting or something where you got to sit there. That could yeah. be bad news bears. No, like tomorrow I'm going to have a really intense day. So, I mean, like, and there's going to be, it's going to be a very physical and mentally demanding day. And it's just, it's going to be chaos early morning. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm probably going to take something tomorrow. So, I mean, like, and that's moving that direction. But this goes back to, yes, we talk about physiology. Yes, we talk about psychology. Yes, we talk about, you know. And that's really a very uh, strong theme through here. And, 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 and it's, it's like when you talk with, um, in my work, there's the engineering plans they give us. 
and it's filled with all of these technical like algebraic formulas. And then there's this other department that I work in and they call it practical engineering. And so you're like, yeah, okay, we've got the blueprint plans and what it's supposed to be. And then I'm the practical engineering side of when I actually have to put these ideas into practice. And so I think that maybe like what Dan and I are discussing on the show quite a bit is practical engineering or practical physiology or practical psychology, which is not psychology. We are not counselors. We are not psychologists. No, nope. we're given practical real life. And then we're doing it. We're like, hey, this worked or this didn't work. I'm telling you that I tried out L-arginine and I have random motors. Um, <laughs> so like, there you go. And There's what the is, feedback. What is a problem to one person? Is, is is a is a solution to another yeah so you y'all try it out let me know i'm going to try and regulate when i take it though so that it's more relevant to when it's actually appropriate for my system it, it would be like you don't want to drink espresso right before you go to sleep same thing so you know like maybe be more appropriate with where you're taking it um I, i've tried I've, I've started doing turmeric as well um we'll see I'll, I'll give you some feedback on that one i've heard a lot of real positive things about joints and i'm still rehabbing my achilles uh heel but anyway i wanted to follow up about last last a week's episode mm-hmm. so we talked about dream analysis and we kind of you know dan explained like the kind of the basis for it is that you can use your dreams as a window to try and see what's going on inside your own mind i wanted to follow up um in, in of doing that in our waking life and is there is there an actual process in psychology that you're aware of, Dan, that it would be relevant to that? Like, so how do you mean? I'm sure so there is. It, like, I mean, is that just generally psychology and, and counseling is well, where, you know, like someone talks about what's going on in their life and their waking life, what they're conscious of, and then you help them try and work through it. I mean, it's the same thing as, hey, telling about a dream and then trying to understand why you had that dream. Is it kind of a similar process? There is, but there's the cool thing about it is there's a lot of different theories of how to do that. Okay. So like there's your basis, which is psychoanalysis. This is where you talk and basically the counselor is just there kind of to listen Mm -hmm. and maybe give you a little bit of guidance or maybe help you collect what you're saying, but ultimately for you to hear process and understand what you're saying, because your brain processes information different from when you hear it to where Mm -hmm. you're thinking it to where you're. So sometimes even though you're thinking it, you also need to hear it to fully process it. So that's kind of the basis of that. Exploring your childhood, exploring everything to find the basis of your, you know, behavioral dysfunction. Then you move on to other theories, okay? So just on the other end of that, you're going to go into like cognitive behavioral therapy, which isn't going to really go too much into the very foundation of why you act the way you act. It's just going to hit the... um the dysfunctional behavior in general, right? So if you're like, I'm always angry, you're like, okay, well, well, give me an example. And then if they're like, oh, I always yell at a coworker. Okay, why do you yell at a coworker? And then they pretty much put you right into that scenario. What it, what starts to do it? Why do you do it? And then they, they handle it from there. So mm-hmm. different theories kind of have different, like narrative therapy. Narrative therapy is this cool idea that you basically have someone look at their life as though it's a book. It's a story. So all of a sudden, you you know, but you're completely honest. So it's like, so far, here's your story, man. You're sitting in, you know, depression. You've done this, that, and the other. So how's the story going to go? How you, what are you, how are you going to write it? And it yeah. has to, but it, it has to be honest. It has to be. So yes, in theory, yes, counseling and psycho and not in like, and, and you know, therapy in general is analyzing your behaviors and seeing what could be causing dysfunction or, you know, 
problems, but they all have these different ways of doing it, right? Solution focused for uh, therapy is like when you basically approach life as though it is a disgruntled customer and you're running a business. Um, you're, you know what I mean? They, they all Wait, repeat have, that sentence. So basically, like solution focused therapy is like you you approach the problems in your life as though your life is a business and the problem is a disgruntled customer. Wow. Okay. That's that's a really good metaphor, actually. So you're pro you're 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 finding a solution. It's not so much of like what's gonna make you feel good, what's gonna make it's how do we immediately resolve the situation uh for the betterment of the the business or your life. So it's really just a way in each theory has kind of more emphasis on maybe personality. Uh some of it has more of an emphasis on uh early childhood. Um Okay, you, you can go to, okay, look at like the difference between Freud. Freud pretty much thinks everything is rooted. Like basically the first 15 years of your life is the majority of where your entire personality is formed. Then you go to Carl Jung, who believes that it comes in four stages. You know, the athlete, the warrior, the statement, and the spirituality. So the athlete mm. is the younger you, who's literally trying to, like out of vanity, try to make himself physically the most ready and mentally the most ready for competition. Uh, the warrior is the guy who's lived through life, probably in his 20s. He started to face these challenges. He realizes that as the athlete, he had a lot of vanity, and there's a lot more emotional complexity to his problems. Then you go on to the statement, which is where you're sitting in your 40s, where you've learned. You also can tell people younger than you what is things that won't be you know, helpful to them, where their vanity and pride can lead them to mistakes, and so, so on and so forth. And then you go on to the spiritual, which is the end of your life, where you reflect on everything. And you kind of take more of a feminist, or I would say a feminine approach, as they would call it, uh, of being more uh, emotionally analytical as opposed to physical. And you start to kind of just, you know, look through your whole life and, you know, theoretically just start seeing, not it, not it, reflective, not even necessarily angry or anything else, you know, almost laughing at your mistakes, this, that, and the other. And you almost look back now in admiration and fondness of the good and the bad times. So that's four stages. So young kind of believed your development went through your entire life. Uh, you know what I mean? So these, these strategies are all different, right? Uh, Adler uh, puts a lot of it on, you know, establishing meaningful relationships by basically being at peace with yourself. Uh, also self-analysis, right? Some of them push on self-actualization, finding the core of yourself. Once you find that, no other problem that you're facing will be a problem because you'll know how to navigate it. But until you actually know who you are on the inside and you've developed your mission statement, you'll never be able to resolve a problem. Uh, you know, I, I want to jump on that right there because no that, that's that's pretty important because I, I you said uh, something in the last one and, uh, that you'd mentioned. No one is smarter than their surroundings. And I, I wanted to, like, I personally was going through some things have been going through some things and still am going through things where like there's this collective ideology that you're kind of immersed in more so back in Montana. And, um, and, you know, I try and discuss with, you know, some folks of, um, you know, why there's, why there's some conflicts between us and, um, you know, people I love and they try and approach it. And I'm like, well, this, this, I, 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 I can't get with you. You've, you've gone down a path that I can't follow. Um, you know, I can't follow you down this road. Like, like this is, you're, you're, you're speaking and thinking something that I think is inherently wrong. 
and bad. Um, and there's there, there, there's no other way of explaining that. It's like, look, this is what I think and feel. And you may disagree with that, and that's fine. But what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to kind of get at is that if everybody around you all thinks that this is okay and this is just the standard and this is just how it's going to be, then it's harder to kind of like say like, Hey, I, wait, what about me? I, I, I don't think this is right. It's harder to break ranks, so to speak, and to be the one that kind of steps out of line because then all of a sudden you're a target. And um, I think that's even more so today um, especially in the United States, man, like, uh, you know, like it's like that you, you target the individual person more than the, the content of what's being said. You know, you're not disputing that, um, you know, oh, well, I, I disagree with how we should do this. You're disagreeing saying you're a fucking bad person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, um, and that's a really hard one to bridge. And I think it goes back to why I want to jump on it is when you're talking about the self-actualization. Well, if you're always immersed in, in this surroundings and you're in the Truman Show and you've never been outside of the Truman Show you know, land, then how are you going to know what it's like out there? And so your whole identity is Truman. You're the Truman Show. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I got to get outside of this and then maybe take a look at what's what's out there for me. And, um, and so that was that's a big part of, you know, kind of what I want to touch on as a follow up to the last uh, the last one we were discussing. And what I want to say is that maybe you can guide yourself like, OK, you can maybe look at your dreams and analyze your dreams. But maybe you can also um, do that in your waking life. Did you just unplug it? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's a here's a good way to look at that, too. OK, so just kind of add. So there we we face it regionally, we face it culturally. Um, but also think about how hard it is to do it universally. So um, you know, like frame of reference is a big thing. So as you were talking about, when you were in Montana, there was this collective thought that you can't get on board with and it's inherently wrong. And the thing about it is you also know it's inherently wrong because you were able to see that it's not the play it's not that way other places so just imagine if the entire world thought exactly like those who you were facing it would be harder for you to come to grips with understanding that you feel that what they're doing is wrong because now you have a frame of reference you've seen other places they may not have seen so that's what sucks that's when i kind of referenced with time it's even harder you know what i mean it's like but self, but here's a here's an awesome tie back to self-actualization. Okay. For that exact thing. Okay, so let's say in general, everyone in the world is practicing slavery, right? Let's just say we're at that time. Okay. Yeah. Not that one is one isn't. No, so you have no other frame of reference. Mm-hmm. But there's something in your heart that goes, I don't like that. Yeah, like something in me now, I don't, I'm not going to do it because listen, I don't, I don't know if in the collective, this is right, wrong or indifferent because I don't have any, but I know that in my heart, I don't like the way I feel when I do that. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. And so that's a good part of self-actualization. That's kind of how things start to change because once you go, yeah, I don't like that. 
And then you'll find another person who goes, yeah, I don't like that either. And then you yeah. kind of both start going, are we supposed <coughs> to be this? You know, I always tell people this, man, and this sounds, it's a terrible, but I'm, it's the only thing I can think of because it's like so ridiculous. What if one day we realize that dogs deserve to have their own currency, homes, and jobs? You know, and then we look back at ourselves and we're like, dude, we kept them captive. Like we were such pieces of shit. And then people in the future go, everyone back in the 2000s was pieces of shit because they fucking kept dogs and they should have known better. And it's like, we didn't fucking know. They weren't, you know, like we, we were stupid. We were, yeah, it's totally our fault. It's totally our fault. But like, also, shit on it. We're, we're, you're only, there was no frame of reference, right? Now, yeah. I understand. It's not the same. I'm not comparing people to animals, not in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm saying is, when there is definitely no frame of reference at all, it's really hard for somebody to break. So, this self-actualization quality is to pay attention to that little thing inside that doesn't make sense with the surroundings that tells you, I don't like that. And as long as what you're feeling does not cause harm to yourself, and other people, then you should do that. Like that is what's going to make you happy. You know what I mean? Like choosing to not participate in something that doesn't make you feel good isn't going to hurt other people on the majority. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to hurt you. You know, usually participating in something that other people don't is where you get in trouble. But, you know, even if you are around and it's like, you know, with okay, here's a good example. Like in the beginning of the COVID, you know, thing where everyone was really hyper, like on the COVID side. thing. Yeah, I remember the COVID thing. The COVID thing, the, the, the pandemic. Thing. That, no, the that thing. little thing that happened for about, you know. Thing. Um, but anyways, you remember in the beginning, man, it was like everyone was like, Oh, if you if you aren't one hundred percent about the you know the 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 masks, everything, you're a piece of shit. You question anything. You're a piece of shit. And like to us, I'm ashamed of that. Yeah. Because my whole thing was me going, listen, I will never tell you how you should handle this. I will never tell you how you should handle it. I understand that I don't know everything. And I understand that even experts don't know everything, right? Like the guy who created the Atkins diet was a doctor. And then he died of it. So, like, you know what I mean? It's good to take other perspectives and to listen to other professionals. Now, I never enforced my way. I never tried to say anything. I really just kind of sat in that place of, you know, I don't know. And I'm kind of open to all different, you know. But you were right. It was a polarizing thing. So that's where our world kind of going back to where, where we sit kind of nowadays is, if you if you even quite like it's polarizing and if you question you tend to get a lot of feedbacks or a lot of hashbacks so it does kind of make us hesitant to go down certain things which is it sucks and we do it to ourselves and we do it in a lot of different things man i think it's kind of our there's certain things and here here's a very good thing that i just wrote or, or read about right part of self actualization uh went a little further with bowenian which uh, which is a kind of a family structure, but it's individually based, and it's self- with bow Indians, bow Indian, uh, Bowen. So add like you know fancy any like her little her ver or like their version. I said her. It's not even a her. A Bowen is a Bowen is a doctor who came up with the concept of a certain kind of family therapy. Part of that is in this therapy that you have to self differentiate. 
You have to find autonomy. You have to separate thinking from feeling. That is how you make a logical decision. Feeling over thinking will, will, will keep you from making the most logical decision. Sometimes you have to make an illogical decision. You have to go on feeling. But when it comes to certain things that should be unfocused, you need to get your emotions out of it. And we cannot do that nowadays. We are more so becoming just universally thinking and feeling at the same time. And that's not good. We have to learn to separate those. Um, there's a time and a place for both. And sometimes there's a time and a place for an integration. But that's yeah. what causes us to create these polarizing environments. And polarizing environments don't do anybody any good, guys. They don't. We can, we can all try to justify it. But, you know, keeping people from information outside of the normal narrative is never a good thing. It will eventually lead to corruption. And that's why. And even repression psychologically so if that makes sense that that's that's kind of where i was going with with the part of the self-actualization is realizing when your emotions are dictating how you're behaving and not your logic and being able yeah. to separate the two okay like surgeons uh people like that they have to make what they call executive decisions you know decisions that are based solely off of the logic and these decisions suck because either way emotionally it's going to affect somebody but the only way to make it is logical and that is why they definitely have to separate thinking from feeling to do those decisions humans need to start doing that more we got so into you know validating our emotions which was good you don't want to be emotionally closed off i think it started with a very good but we got too much into it and it's like not everything is emotional every sometimes you have yeah. to think for the good of others instead of yourself and you have to get outside of your own emotional base because, I mean, also, I tell people that that's where you can get clouded, too, if you get too much in your emotions. You know, Ted Bundy emotionally had a great reason for why he was going to, you know, beat and kill women. You know what I mean? And in his own mind, he could justify it, you know, but it was, yeah. that was a feeling. There was no real logic to it. Now, I'm also referring guys to a sociopath and a narcissist. But what I'm trying yeah. to go on is your feelings are in the mind of you and your perception. And that's that's basically taking that that's automatically assuming that what you're thinking is right and to assume that you're always right or what you're always feeling that what you're always feeling excuse me is right so now here's, you're always here's right the, is narcissistic. here's the rub is that like like i think we mentioned the other day there's um i had a family friend and, uh you know i'm sitting playing with my son on the couch and he's like hey i got a book for you and uh he passes me a book and it says how to prepare for the apocalypse Nice. You know, it's got the nuclear bomb and it's got like, you know, a, a, a U.S. soldier running with an M-16 and an AR. And I kind of just looked at him. I was like, like, I'm good. Yeah. I was like, honestly, like I've got other stuff that I'm reading and I'm I'm not even reading that right now. Yeah. And so like there's this tough part. I mean, like that's his whole reality. That's his whole world. That's everything. That's his meaning in life. And yeah, now he's going to try to like, yeah, he's going to try and push it on onto you. And that's, I think there's nothing wrong with you going, listen, man, uh, that's your way. That's your journey. And it is what it is. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. And I, you know, for not wanting to, to dig a bomb shelter, but right now in my life, I choose to read and look into other things that I feel are more spiritually fulfilling. And 
that is just where I would rather go. You know, I definitely don't blame you for not wanting to do it, <laughs> not wanting to take it. I mean, it's not really my route, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. Kind of just separating that. Yeah. Instead of getting pissed and having a debate with him because you don't agree with his outlook, it's sometimes good to just go. Yeah. Not, not right now, man. Sorry. It's not my thing. You know, you're, you're going to add it, man, for us to only have friends that are 100% just like us is God. Good luck. And how fun is that going to be? You got to get people that are different. Now, if they start talking about, you know, actually attacking and hurting people, then you need to turn them in. That's not good. But for them to just have that ideation or a little bit of that paranoia, that could be them just manifesting insecurity in another, in another place. So yeah, I don't think that there's anything terribly wrong with that. As far as like, I mean, terribly wrong with him. You saying, yeah, dude, sorry, not the case. I don't really, I don't really feel like going that route. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I think it's good. I think sometimes we have to do that. Um, because it's, I mean, dude, if you try to argue with everyone about everything, like you're wasting your own life, you know what I mean? And, uh, listen, I always keep to the opening of, I don't know everything. Uh, I'm probably wrong about a lot of things. And I'm always good at taking information in, but yeah, if I'm going to prioritize, I'm not going to prioritize information that I have absolutely no interest or, you know, but I'm not going to be mean about it. You know, it's kind of my, my thing. Um, we can't, oh shit, we did just, we lost Abram. So if this does get cut off guys, we'll just continue next week. Um, but Sometimes whenever we're recording and it cuts them off, it cuts us off. So I'm not going to worry about trying to patch it together or anything. I'll just put it out as is. Cause I think we, you know, in this short time, I think we've covered some pretty good, pretty good stuff here. Just, just as far as like, you know, separating thinking from feeling self-actualization, um, you know, things that we all can do, you know, it, it, that it's hard, that it's very hard. I want to put that out there. It's not something that is easy. And it's one of those, you'll never get perfection, but you should always, strive towards it so yeah you're never supposed to completely